Hello, dear listener. As you may have been aware, the Gridiron Show, uh, presented by, of course, Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. Had a few technical difficulties with the show on Friday. We got it out there, and I thought it was a pretty good show. I enjoyed it. Devon House was an excellent guest. But I kind of maybe forgot to do Fancy Darlings. So here is Neil Dutton to give you your start-sit advice for this Sunday and Monday night. It is the always brilliant, as a bonus podcast, Fancy Darlings. They say that an animal is at its most vicious when it is wounded, or after I've been told they're quite friendly and absolutely won't bite. The former is almost certainly true of the New England Patriots going into week two. For my money, one of the key outlets of fury and vengeance they will use against the Saints this week will be Chris Hogan. Hogan ran 64.1% of his snaps out of the slot in week one, the same week that the Saints gave up seven receptions for 146 yards to Adam Phelan, also working out of the slot. With Danny Amendola day-to-day with a concussion, this has all the hallmarks of a Chris Hogan type of day. In the team's week one loss to the Falcons, Bears running back Jordan Howard was allowed just 13 carries for 52 yards. Now before you start crying shame and throwing game script up in my face, it should be noted that the Bears sucked in 2016, and Howard still only saw less than 17 carries twice after week eight. He also only averaged less than 4.53 yards per carry once. While Tariq Cohen is not a full-blown challenger to Howard, his presence is a tantalizing one for the Bears offensive staff. Howard rushed for 100 yards against the Buccaneers last season, the Bears' opponents this week, but didn't score a touchdown, and it was his trip to the end zone against the Falcons in Week 1 that rescued his fantasy day. If he's going to become touchdown dependent, a Bucs team that allowed just four rushing touchdowns between Week 8 and 16 last season may not be the best opponent for him this week. For all the off-season talk of having Ben, Bell, Brown and Bryant together again for the Steelers, the actual reunion was something of a letdown. A bit like waiting for ages to see Neil Diamond in concert, only for him to not sing Sweet Caroline. Brown, of course, was his usual excellent self, but it was left to Jesse James to pick up the considerable slack left by the others. James turned his eight targets into six receptions, with two of these going for scores. The Steelers take on the Vikings this week, and they were a tough out for tight ends in 2016, but they did allow Kobe Fleener to take five catches for 54 yards and a touchdown off them last week. James is something of a low floor option, as it's highly doubtful that his illustrious teammates will disappoint us again. It would certainly be a song-song blow if they did. After an off-season that switched from ridicule regarding conditioning and praise for performance without the pads on, it's fair to say there were some question marks regarding Kelvin Benjamin heading into week one. After week one, the main question is why people still think he's going to be a thing. He didn't appear to be the team's main wide receiver, playing fewer snaps than Devon Funches, and he certainly didn't play like one. His one catch from five targets marked the ninth time in his last 17 games that he has caught 50% or less of his targets. The Bills shut down the Jets wide receiver core, such as it is, to the tune of just 91 yards in week one, but it appears that the deep passing game is not how the Panthers want to roll this season. The Panthers ran the ball 38 times last week against just 25 pass attempts, nine of which went to the running backs. Even if he were efficient, which he's not, Benjamin's fantasy appeal in this one would be negligible. If the movie The Three Amigos taught us anything, it's that we all have our own personal El Huapos to face. Tyrell Williams is no exception, but in week one he went some way towards defeating his El Huapo 
as he took 54 yards off a Denver defense that held him to 32 in two games last season. His reward is a matchup against a Dolphins defense that allowed five 100-yard receivers in 2016, three of whom were over 6 foot 4. One of them was Tyrell Williams. One week may be far too early to make a sweeping statement, but it certainly hasn't stopped me in the past, and it certainly won't stop me here. Because it seems Kenny Britt is determined to be the last, only, offensive player to need Jeff Fisher in his life for him to be effective. Britt saw just three targets on the day where the Browns passed the ball 30 times, and one of those targets saw him commit an unforgivable drive-ending drop. Coach Hugh Jackson made his anger known, not guaranteeing Britt a starting job moving forward. Even if he does remain on the field, he has a terrible matchup against a stout Ravens defence, and in particular cornerback Brandon Carr. Carr allowed just two completions on the four occasions he was targeted last week, and also picked off a pass sent in his direction. The Ravens allowed the 26 fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, and I highly doubt Britt will be able to make much of an impact against them in week two. Oh Jeff, wherefore are they? situation in the Pacific is worse than reported. The Japanese are planning something big. What's the target? Midway. From the director of Independence Day. A couple dozen planes. It's all Japanese fleet. We got the order to launch. Discover the incredible true story. Today we're going to be underdogs. Of the World War II battle. Good luck, boys. Fire! Midway. Download and keep now. <laughs> 